I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson, and in this episode, we are talking about a special pet peeve of mine, using virtual backgrounds on video conference meetings. Now, I will warn you in advance that this episode is a bit of a rant, and if you absolutely insist on using virtual backgrounds, you're going to want to stick around to the end where I give some specific tips and techniques on how to do it well and how to use those virtual backgrounds effectively. In my line of work, this happens all the time. I see people looking lousy on Teams, on Zoom, on WebEx, on Google Meets, whatever platform you have with those virtual backgrounds. Now, most of the time, I'm this primary speaker. I'm the instructor in the class, and I don't care what people have as their background. I just like to see their faces. But when people are using virtual backgrounds, strange things can happen. Part of their hair disappears when they turn their head. Or they fade in and out based on the lighting in the room or when the sun goes under a cloud. Or sometimes this very disturbing thing happens, especially for those with green or blue eyes, where their eyes are mistaken for a green screen behind them and parts of their eyes turn white. It's very distracting and very disturbing. They look like vampires and I worry that maybe they shouldn't be up during daylight hours taking a class from me. (laughs) But the worst case that I've seen yet happened last week when I attended a virtual conference for my own professional development, and I was an audience member. Now, I will spare you the details of the topic of the conference, the sponsor of that conference, or the exact presenters. My point here is not necessarily to make an example out of them per se, but my point is to help you learn from what they did right, and especially from what they did wrong. And here's a hint. It had a lot to do with virtual backgrounds. Here's a quick rundown of the conference and how it went. There were four speakers who each spoke for 30 minutes. All the speakers were dynamic. They all had interesting content. They were all polished as speakers. The first presenter was the president of a very well-known household brand. He spoke dynamically. His content was very interesting. And his backdrop was his home office his actual home office, where there were some tchotchkes on the wall that represented his brand, and everything was very brand compliant. It was a little busy in the background, as oftentimes home offices can be, but it suited him, and it looked authentic. Second presenter. This person was a well-known faculty member who is a preeminent researcher on the topic of the conference. Again, she was a very dynamic speaker, she had very interesting content, and her background was a plain light blue wall behind her. She's a total pro at this. And we wanted to see her face and we wanted to see her expressions. And it was fantastic that there was nothing that was distracting in the background behind her. The third presenter 
was a less well-known university researcher, less of a pro at this. She had an off-white background behind her, just an off, you know, regular, probably a plain wall in her home office or her home. It looked good, it was professional, and so forth. I also need to mention that her presentation style was very dynamic, her content was very interesting, and so forth. But she was using a set of slides, and she hadn't necessarily considered that the person who was producing the event would put her as picture-in-picture during her presentation. And so she had not designed her slides for where her talking head would go. So it was either the software doing this by default or the producer was putting her talking head as a picture-in-picture in in the upper right-hand corner of her slides, which is very common. And she had not planned for this, so her talking head covered up some of the materials on her slides. It was a bit of a rookie mistake, especially this far into the altered state of presenting at conferences and presenting to our colleagues in meetings and so forth. But here's the thing. She humbly acknowledged it. And then from there on out, the producer did a nice job of not always putting her as a picture in picture and sometimes just showing her slides full screen and not having her face on the screen at all. And then when she was talking about something that wasn't necessarily directly related to a slide, it would flip back to her filling the full screen. The producer did have her picture in picture a couple of times after that. But again, I really want to acknowledge that even though this was a rookie mistake, she humbly acknowledged it. The producer cued into what she said and made some changes as the session, the rest of her session went along. Now, let me get to the fourth and final presenter. Again, a very dynamic speaker and someone whose work I wasn't as familiar with compared to some of the others who were speaking at this conference. So I was very interested in learning what I could from this person. Now, as you might guess, this is our fourth and final speaker. He used a virtual background. The virtual background was a professional shot of a very modern office scene, all glass and metal and shiny. But here's the thing, you guys, he had not tested his clothes against that virtual background and he disappeared into it. But not all of him. He was wearing a suit and it must have been the cut of the cloth because his torso stayed on the screen, but his arms completely disappeared into the virtual background. He was just a torso with no arms. (laughs) Now, this was exacerbated by the fact that he talked with his hands a lot. So there were these disembodied hands in the foreground attached to no arms, and this torso with a suit and tie and a very dynamic voice and face attached to it, but again, no arms. It was so distracting and on so many levels. So here's the thing I want you to take from this. We have been doing this for 20 months. 20 months into this pandemic, 20 plus months into this pandemic, this is unacceptable. It is unacceptable for you to be a partially floating being against a virtual backdrop. Certainly at a conference with the caliber of people that I was learning from, but also for you and your level of professionalism. It's how you are representing yourself at your company, in your career, your level of leadership, whether you're leading from the side or leading a large team of people or leading from the very top of the organizational chart, your professionalism is on the line when you're using a virtual background. Number one, using a virtual background suggests that you don't have an appropriate space to work or give a conference presentation or whatever it is that you do on camera. 
Again, we have been at this for 20 months. You should have a professional appropriate space to work. Now, many organizations are opening up such that you can go back into the office on a limited time, especially if you needed to do something like give a conference presentation so that you could have a professional space that is a legitimate and real space in your background. So first off, Again, it suggests that you don't have an appropriate space to do your work. And we're beyond that. We're past that. Now, secondly, it's not hard to have something that is appropriate behind you. It can be a blank wall, for goodness sakes. Like the second and third speakers just simply had a blank wall. Now, whether that is an existing blank wall or you want to put a fresh coat of paint on a wall, you know, if you feel like having a little weekend project, go out to your local home store or your hardware store and get yourself a quart of paint. It doesn't take much to paint just enough to have, uh, you know, a color that you like behind you. Make sure it is a color that your clothes is not going to blend into, by the way. All right. Now, thirdly, if that's not an option for whatever reason, go ahead and use the blur feature to blur your background, whether it's Microsoft Teams or Zoom, or uh, even some WebEx implementations now have the blur feature so that if you have something in your background that you are just not entirely pleased with, you can use that blur background feature, and then you are going to you know float in front of whatever that uh, background is without it being distracting. Now, I've been coaching people on this in the classes that I teach from the start. First, it was that they didn't want to turn their cameras on because they were embarrassed or uncomfortable about what was behind them. So maybe they had an unmade bed behind them, or it was their bedroom behind them. And I was coaching people to turn your desk so that you have a blank wall behind you. Now, more recently, I think the line between work and home for so many people has gotten so blurry that they're forgetting what's behind them. (laughs) Here's a quick hint. We don't want to see your unmade bed. We don't even want to see your bed that's been made up for the day. Like I've been telling people from the start of the pandemic, turn your desk or move your chair to another side of your desk if your desk is in the bedroom so that you've got a blank wall behind you. We don't want to see your messy kitchen either. That's another place where you could be using the blur feature. Now, what we do like to see, yeah, we like to see the occasional cat or dog or kid either in the background or in the case of cats sauntering across the screen. You see, cats and dogs and kids, they can't help it. They're not professionals. And for the most part, they're charming. You, on the other hand, are a professional. And you may or may not be charming, but your unmade bed and your pile of dishes on the counter is certainly not charming. So don't let us see it. Turn your chair to the other side of the desk. Use the blur feature. And for God's sake, do not use a virtual background. (laughs) For all the reasons I mentioned. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. 
Now, back to the show. Now, to be entirely fair to virtual backgrounds everywhere and to virtual background users and their creators everywhere, if you know what you're doing and you're using a legitimate green screen behind you, or in many cases, a blue wall of a certain shade works well too, and you have tested your setup with the correct clothes, lighting, and so forth, then I will allow you to proceed. Now, eventually here, I'm going to give you a few tips for how to make a virtual background work well, if you so choose to do that. But again, I'm going to caution you against doing it. Now, I know many companies gave you, your company, you know, gave you a branded image to use for your virtual background. And many of them are gorgeous brand assets that represent your company beautifully. But to be fair, the communication team and the graphic design team who were asked to design them many months ago when the pandemic first hit and we all started using Zoom and Teams and WebEx and Google Meets and all of that, well, frankly, they didn't know what they were doing. They did the best they could under very ambiguous and uncertain circumstances. They were given a list of requirements that was incomplete and asked to design something. And to their credit, they made something beautiful that met the requirements that they were handed to them. But nowhere along the way did they, now in most cases, this is true in most cases, your organization might be a special unicorn here, but in most cases, those communication team members and those graphic design team members were not asked to think about what you might be wearing, how that might interfere with the image that they'd created, whether there would be a green screen behind you or not, or any of that. Nor were they asked to make any of those considerations and issue guidance along with the virtual backgrounds that they created, giving you some best practices for how to use them. We can't fault them for that. They weren't asked to do that. And that's exactly why these virtual backgrounds don't work well. It was a quick fix. It was bolted onto a system that people had to use in order to communicate effectively with others in their organization and across other organizations. Okay, so if for whatever reason you still choose to go against my advice and use a virtual background, first of all, that maybe you just don't have suitable scenes behind you, again, it could be a blank wall, or for whatever reason you don't want to use the blur feature, not hard to use, you can just practice it. And if you must go against my advice and use a virtual background, here is my cheat sheet for what you need to do to use that virtual background effectively and professionally. Step one, have a legitimate green screen behind you. Now, green screens have advanced. They've come a long way in these last uh, 20 months. There are now green screens that attach to a chair, kind of a pop-up thing that folds down into a nice little case. And when you take it out of its case, it's like um, one of those convertible Frisbees. It just pops up And you can attach it to the back of your chair. And so long as you're pulling in a nice close-up shot to your face, that green screen is going to be perfect for you. Now, you can also get a much larger green screen that photographers use and hang it from a photographer's backdrop. Or if you don't have a photographer's backdrop, you can get fabric that is that green screen color. And you can just look this up online, find the right uh, hex codes for what shade of green that is. You can buy that green fabric at a fabric store. You can order a legitimate green screen online and you can, again, hang it from a a photographer's backdrop frame, or you can tape it to the wall, or for goodness sakes, you can even paint your wall green or a section of your wall green. 
And so that's going to be, that's going to give you the very best outcomes of using a virtual backdrop is to have that legitimate green screen behind you. It's going to look the best. Step two, test the clothes that you plan to wear against that in a live session. So, you know, turn on your Zoom, set up a live Zoom meeting, test that background with several sets of clothes, see which set of clothes works better, which colors and textures work better, and have a bunch of sets of clothes that are road tested because you're most often meeting with the same people week after week. So we don't want you to always be wearing the exact same set of clothes. So road test several sets of clothes in a live session. So fire up Teams, fire up Zoom, whatever it is. Okay, step three, test it with someone else, not just with you on the line, because whether it's bandwidth or any number of other things you're lighting, you want to test that with somebody else who is on the other end of the line. So ideally, you're going to get someone, you know, a coworker, ideally somebody else who's maybe listened to this podcast and wants to test their background as well. So get someone else to test it with because it might look different on an actual computer screen that is live connected to, you know, whatever level of bandwidth they have, um, how it looks on their end. So make sure you're going to test it that way too. So again, my cheat sheet for what you need to do to use the virtual background effectively and professionally, step one, have an actual green screen behind you. If you are going to use that virtual background, they are not that expensive and it's going to make that green screen look so much better. And then by extension, it's going to make you look so much better and professional. Step two, test the clothes that you plan to wear against that virtual background with the actual virtual background and the live screen and and, and the green screen rather in a live session. And then step three, get somebody else in that meeting with you and test it with them. So start up a meeting and get somebody else on the line so that they can tell you and give you some honest and frank feedback if there are any issues. And if you do have blue skin, blue eyes or green eyes, just be doubly careful that your eyes aren't fading into the background and showing up as white so that you look like uh, that vampire, have that vampire look that I was talking about earlier. All right, my friends, I share this not necessarily to just to be up on a soapbox about virtual backgrounds. I share this so that you can learn from what does not work in this virtual environment. We are too far in to be making these kind of rookie mistakes. We need you to look professional. We need you to represent your company and the work that you do in the most professional way possible. So get rid of those virtual backgrounds, or if you must use them, use my cheat sheet and you know use the blur, set up a, a nice professional blank wall behind you, any of those things to make you look awesome on screen. And until next time, I'll see you here on the Working Conversations podcast. Take good care. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.